0: Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast.
1: We are your hosts, Bob and Linda Lodick
0: This is a hope-filled podcast that'll help you save, earn, give, grow, and actually enjoy your money. We don't hold anything back. We share everything that we've learned on our journey. Everything from being 100% broke to paying off our house by age 31, to finding work with purpose, to giving more than we ever dreamed possible, all while having a blast on this adventure that God has led us on.
1: And if you want to achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact, this is the show for you. We are so glad you're here. Let's get to it.
0: All right, today I wanna talk about a really interesting story that I came across. A woman who was a lifetime secretary for Mm -hmm, 43 years. And she invested her way to $7.2 million. Which I think is really cool because it proves this thing that we are constantly trying to hammer home mm. that you don't need a high income in order to have a high AUM or net worth. So I just think this is a really, really cool story. And it was just highlight some of this, some of her story and some of the lessons that we can take from this. We're pulling a lot of this from an article that we found. So we'll have that linked up down below. Mm-hmm. But a little bit of her background, she was an orphan. She was apparently raised by her neighbors, which, you know, I don't know what that looks like, but just interesting start. And then at age 25, right. she becomes a secretary at Abbott Pharmaceuticals. I don't know that many pharmaceutical companies, but apparently this was a big one. Yeah,
1: I don't know it either.
0: So she was a secretary there, started at age 25, and continues to work there for 43 years. Now, here's what happened. This is it. In her first year there, she bought three shares of Abbott stock for a total of $180. Okay, three shares- Hundred eighty dollar investment
1: was probably a whole lot of money.
0: Probably was. And like I don't,
1: I don't know what year this was.
0: Yeah, probably a lot of money. But as a secretary, she somehow managed to come up with it. Mm -hmm. She does this, and then those three shares, she reinvests the dividends. So they're dividend-paying stocks. So they might pay whatever, couple percent each year. She takes that payment, puts it back to buy more stock, and just does that over and over and over again. That's reinvesting your dividends.
1: Okay. So So she she does off of her paycheck. And any of the dividends she would get, she would just reinvest them. Yeah, she
0: did that for 75 years until she died. And that's it. And that led to $7.2 million. That's crazy. That's mind-blowing. And I love it. That's so cool. And so there's five lessons that we can learn kind of from her story that I just want to highlight now. Do you want to read these? Yeah, so number
1: one is compounding over time is a powerful tool and the rate of compounding matters greatly.
0: Yeah, compounding is, yeah, apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, Einstein is reported, to have said, it's the eighth wonder of the world. And it's just an incredibly powerful force. And so this is what happened. You know, this is the gist of it. This is why they made such a big deal. Now, the other thing to notice here is that you can't really save your way to $7.2 million, especially in today's current right. interest rates that we're dealing with. In this article, they specifically talk about this and I love it. It said, if she had $180 in a bank... At 3% for 75 years, that would have left her with $1,652. Ah,
1: unbelievable.
0: <laughs> so, this is the thing that's so important here. Difference. So, compounding is wow. huge, but the difference between 3% and whatever 12% Abbott stock was, I don't know, is astronomical. $1,600 to $7.2 million. One like, of the
1: ways I like to look at this that you have said to me before... <laughs> Because this this is something where I feel like, well, I don't know enough and you know, I don't even know how to do that. I I make up a lot of excuses that are maybe because I truly don't understand what to do. But asking someone is an easy way to solve that problem, right? Yeah. (laughs) But the the other way that you have said to me is, Linda, if someone was going to pay you, what is it? 7.2 million. $2 million to figure this out. Do you think you could do it? And I would go, yeah, actually, I think I could do that for $7.2 million. I mean, that's a really easy way to to kind of flip this on its head instead of going, well, I don't have the smarts to figure that out.
0: Yeah, I love that. That Asking yourself,
1: well, if somebody even paid you a million dollars or $500,000, would it be worth it to you to try and figure it out? And I think almost always the answer would be yes.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. So what is your takeaway from that specifically?
1: I think my takeaway would be if I did not have you in my life doing this for me, which let's be honest, that's what's happening.
0: It's a nice perk. (laughs) It is a nice perk.
1: (laughs) Not everybody has that though. Like before we were married, I think that was my thing is I was like, well, I'm just, I can't figure this out. I don't know how to do it. I don't even know where to start. It's like, well, you could start with someone who just has a little bit more information than you. Maybe your boss is a great, yeah, Yeah, it's like, ask your boss if they know anything. Ask HR there, there's some easy ways. Ask Bob, honestly send us a message on Instagram, he'd be happy to give happy you to a answer little anything I can. Yeah, give give you a starting point at least. Yeah. That's what Well, we're yeah, and for. that's
0: why we made the 10X course, the 10X investing course. Cuz right. that like that's the whole point is for people like you who don't know where to start and don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, we're going to lay this out step by step as much as possible. Right. So you have something to start, so you have something to run with, mm-hmm. you know.
1: And again, so. if somebody's going to pay you a million dollars to do it, you can probably make it happen, right?
0: I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's go to the second point.
1: Number two is a simple plan executed over a long period of time, usually beats a complicated plan that is adjusted constantly. Yeah. That's really interesting. And again, those are for the people like me who it is, it can be really complicated. But
0: But it's not like, that's the thing. It's not that complicated. Like the financial industry has tried to convince us all that we're not smart enough and that it's so complicated to figure out investing. I think you need to say that again so
1: people in the back can hear it.
0: Yeah, it's like I I grew up in this industry. Like I worked in this financial industry for years, and I I just I know how it works. Like <laughs> they want you to think that it's more complicated than it needs to be, right? You know, and and she happened to buy this stock at this company that has performed well over the period of time, and she could right. have bought an Enron or something and lost it. Like, but the point is, is investing over the long term and just letting it sit and just do its own thing. Like that's where the power is, mm-hmm. and this is why. We're all huge advocates for index fund, particularly like US stock market index funds, because they've just consistently performed so well over the long term. And it's it's a set it and forget it investment that you can set up.
1: And that's the one that Warren Buffett has his wife's investments going to. Yeah, I mean, it's not
0: just that, but yeah.
1: So in other words, Warren Buffett suggests it.
0: Yeah, Warren Buffett is always recommending for people who don't know how to invest to pick the S&P 500 index fund and put your money in that. And so, I and I That's think the point is wisdom. we have all kinds of people day trading and trying to go in and out and flip and blah, 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 all mm-hmm. this stuff and running around like they're crazy. It's just been proven over and over again like the tortoise beats the hare. And it's the same idea, the same principle. In fact, Warren Buffett, this just finished like I think a couple of years ago, but ended up taking out a million dollar bet with some of the top hedge fund managers or something like that. And saying, "I bet that the S and P 500 index fund over a ten-year period is going to beat your hedge fund." And did he win? And he won. That's awesome. And, uh, and it's like, so how
1: many of them had to pay him a million dollars just growing yeah. his?
0: Well, I think he number did it for charity, but but the point is, is that, like it's just a perfect he should have illustration.
1: Should Linda charity. <laughs>
0: just a perfect illustration of this idea yeah. that a simple plan executed over a long time will beat a complicated that, yeah, plan. Really almost every time.
1: OK, so that leads us into number three, which is she held on to it through a whole lot of different things, a bunch of recessions and
0: stock market corrections, wars, right. everything. She just held for a long, long time and didn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. I think what happens oftentimes or I know what happens is people get freaked out. It's like, oh, we might be going to war or Russia might be. Whatever, World War Three, whatever. Like, so I'm going to sell all my investments, you know, or there's a uh, recession or COVID hit. So I'm going to sell all my investments, whatever. And, you know, and I've been guilty of this. Like, I think most of us have, and we get freaked out and we sell, and that's the worst time to sell. And if you just honestly, like, forget about it, forget that you even have it and just let mm-hmm. it ride, you know. And, and again, like, if it's an individual stock, I don't know that that's necessarily always the best way, depending on the way, the particular approach that you're taking. So I buy stocks with that in mind knowing that I want to hold this for decades Mm -hmm. or I buy index funds that I'm planning on holding for decades. And in that case, then it just makes a whole lot more sense to just forget about it and stop looking at it, delete the thing on your phone, you know, showing whether it's going up or down every day because it doesn't matter because you're just holding over the long term. And that's what you need to be doing. It's less mental energy and it performs better. So
1: well, and again, for people, this is actually where I would shine is because I really would forget about it yeah. <laughs> and have a pleasant surprise later in my yeah. life.
0: and that's just the best way to do it.
1: Yeah. Okay, so number four is investing from an early age can make a huge difference in eventual results.
0: Yeah, no, they have an illustration in this article that I think is perfect. It says if Grace had invested the save hundred and eighty dollars, the same one hundred and eighty dollars in nineteen forty five instead of nineteen thirty five when she started, she would have died with one point seven million instead of seven point two. Ten years so later. So just ten years difference. It made that much of a difference. One point seven to Whoa. seven point two. And this is why I and everyone else is always saying, all right, you're in your 20s, you're in your teens. Oh, my goodness. Get a hold of this. Trust me. You're going to thank me later because time is like your number one ally when it comes to investing growth.
1: Well, and really, this is a great thing for parents of kids who are graduating high Mm -hmm. school or college to do something like this. Give them some sort of start your kid off investing young. I mean, I think that would be a terrific graduation gift to give or to receive. Because if they just if you just put it in there, don't even tell them that it's there. Maybe, <laughs> mm-hmm. and just let it sit. Then that will eventually grow to something that.
0: Man, yeah. That no, I just did another podcast or video about this recently. Where if this is fascinating, I think it's two thousand dollars. I need to confirm, but I think it's two thousand dollars. If if your parents or my parents would have invested two thousand dollars for us the day we were born, okay, oh, no. one time, and did nothing else into the s&p 500 index fund when at age 65 we both have a million dollars wow two thousand dollar investment one time that's it over 65 years wow like that is fascinating to think about Let's but do that's it. the power that's the power of starting early and doing mm-hmm. this stuff early so anyway
1: we should do that for our kids why haven't we done that well we've started some stuff oh okay but we can we, we can,
0: <laughs> thanks we. for
1: giving me credit
0: we're on a team girl <laughs> Alright, uh, do you want to do number five?
1: Yes, number five is lastly the most important lesson. We didn't really talk about this at the beginning.
0: Well, I don't know all of her story, but like they're kind of pulling out something here that I think is an important part.
1: Yeah, of it. so it says that last and most important lesson they're they're saying is that she was happy and probably would have been happy even without the giant nest egg. which I think is just really cool. It's just a good reminder that money isn't everything. And even though this was a lovely thing for her to end her life with, she ended up donating it all. But she didn't depend on this money to make her happy. And I think as believers, we should not either. Like we do not depend on this. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And being able to walk around showing that, like who the Lord is through our joy – I think is,
0: yeah, Yeah, it's the goal, right? I think, yeah, because it's interesting to me how she really just set this and forget it and just let it go. And I don't know how often she checked her investments. I don't know if she maybe forgot about them for a decade. Like, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Because it feels like you see that a lot where people who are not thinking about their investments a lot are kind of disconnected to them versus those who are watching every single day are possibly a little bit more tied up in them than they should be. Well, um
1: and I mean we've even had from a happiness perspective with the business. Back in the early days of the business, I remember you were very I think because you hadn't been doing it for very long, you were like checking every single day on whatever, the Google Analytics and all the different numbers. You're like, I wanna see what's working and, you know, part of that is because it was your job and It was new and you wanted to make sure that you were making progress, but it got to an obsessive point for you that if you saw even a little dip, you were like, oh my gosh, the business is over.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) you'd
1: get really bummed out. Like you'd be depressed the rest of the day. I mean, it was, it was pretty interesting. And you said, I I have to stop doing this. And as soon as you did, it really changed. And now we've seen big spikes and, you know,
0: big drops, big drops,
1: and You're a lot more even keeled than you were at that point, I think. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was very, for me, it was very fear-based. I was just nervous that our business was just going to blow up and dry up. And it's just like, it's like watching the news every day. Like if you just do that, like you're going to see all the stuff that's going to stress you out. Like Mm. you're going to see all these indications of things that seem like bigger deals than they are. Yeah. But if you remove that, then I don't know. It's like, you just live (laughs) a A less stressed life. Yeah. You know, cause so many of these things that people are freaking out about, like don't actually happen. You know, it's a fine well, balance. Like I want to be aware of what's going on, but.
1: Right. And I, you know. to be honest, there's very little that I watch my local news about that affects my daily life. Yeah. But if I'm watching it and focusing on it, then I notice that I'm like so much more stressed out and that yeah. that affects my daily life greatly.
0: Yep, it really does. Yeah. So all in all, I just thought this was a really interesting story, and I love hearing stories like this because it was honestly part of how I built the 10x course was around this. Like I went and met a millionaire mentor, you know, probably 18, 17 years ago or something Mm -hmm. like that. Now, and he shared his story of how he was a middle aged school teacher. Before he ever invested a dollar, um, and so I don't think he even started investing till his late 30s, as on a school teacher salary. And I was meeting him in his mid 60s, and he was a multimillionaire at that point. And I'm like, all right, well, how'd you do it? <laughs> Tell me how you did it. And so hearing his story, and then some of his other successes, he paid off his house with some Starbucks stock that he bought fairly early on, oh, and realized realized you know a few years later, he's like, oh wow, man, it's really gone up a lot. We could pay off our house, honey, and then they did. Point is, is that his story really encouraged me to actually take action, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, it's a real person I know and this actually happened to him. Well, and, yeah, and
1: he wasn't making a bajillion dollars a year.
0: Oh, yeah. That's part of why I want to share Grace groener's story because I just think it's so cool and it's mm-hmm. something that anyone can do. You know, now whether or not you pick a single stock like that, like that, that's not necessarily the point. The point is just doing a little bit for a long time consistently. That's yeah. the point I want you to take from it because- yeah. It's not about whether she picked Abbott stock or whether she would have picked GM stock or whatever. Like there's any number of stocks that she could have picked that it would still be millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, you know, whether it was 7 million or 10 million or 5 million, which most of us don't really care. <laughs> like, <laughs> point is, is that- Anything
1: over a million sounds good to me. <laughs>
0: yeah. The point is that she's doing really well at the end of her life and had a whole lot to be able to give away at that point. And mm-hmm. I just think that's cool. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to highlight the because I just think it's a fascinating story.
1: So get on it. That's your homework.
0: That's your homework. Let's figure out how to leave you or have you leaving $7.2 million when you die. I think that's a good goal. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the Seed Time Money Podcast. And remember, money isn't the goal, but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling. And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to SeedTime.com to get signed up. Knock, knock who's there leaf leaf who
1: Leave us a review on itunes please <laughs>
0: all right thanks for listening know we are praying for you and we we'll see you in the next episode <laughs>